Welcome to the Healthy Matters Podcast with Dr. David Hilden, primary care physician and acute care hospitalist at Hennepin Healthcare in downtown Minneapolis, where we cover the latest in health, healthcare, and what matters to you. And now here's your host, Dr. David Hilden. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 21 of the Healthy Matters Podcast. I am your host, Dr. David Hilden, and today we are going to do another episode where we tackle the myriad myths of medicine. This is the show where we'll take a look at some of those things you've probably heard throughout your life and, well, are they true or are they not? Joining me today is the producer of the Healthy Matters Podcast, John Lucas, and John's going to help us get through some of these myths. Well, we're going to try. Here we go. Okay. So as we know, it's Minnesota, and like it or not... Summer's on its way out. Thanks for reminding me. I know, I know. It's pretty, but it's short. Cold weather is in the mail. Can cold weather actually make you sick? Of course, you can get sick with a cold, but can cold weather actually make you sick? This is really a myth. The idea does persist that going out in cold weather makes you sick, and that's not really true. There are some things that maybe lead to this belief. One of them is, is that some viruses, like flu, for instance indeed does probably live better in cold, dry air, which we have in northern climates much of the year. But there's a lot more to why you get the flu in the winter. One, we're inside a lot. We have heating that dries out the air. And yes, the virus lives more in colder weather. But those are specific to a virus. The cold weather itself doesn't do anything for your immune system. Your body's quite good at um, managing cold weather. Now, there are, in terms of infections, I should say, you're not going to get a cold from going out in cold weather. There are other complications. There's frostbite, and there is dehydration and dry skin. Those are all real. But are you going to get an infectious illness like a cold? No. Okay. So it won't beat down your immune system or anything like that or make you more susceptible to these things? If anything, you might be more hardy. Okay. I like to think so. Yeah, I do too. You know, I, you know, you know, when it's cold enough where your teeth hurt, you know, that's pretty cold and yep. I think your immune system can handle it. All right. Okay. And so in line with that, going outside in the winter with wet hair, you hear it a lot. The world over, it seems to be a hard no. Is there any logic to it? Right. It's like that, that like describes my childhood. You, you, you know, go to school, walk into the bus stop or to your school when you're 10 years old and your hair's still wet because you got straight out of the shower and your hair freezes into icicles. Mm-hmm. It's a good look, it but is, it's not yeah. particularly. Yeah, it's cheap. It's cheap and it's <laughs> yeah. not particularly dangerous. So there's a whole bunch of people who live in northern climates who go out and their hair freezes because it went while you were, while, while your hair was wet. You're not going to get sick from that. Okay. Um, uh, in the absence of other reasons you would have got sick. If you're already sick or you're in, you're coughing on by somebody who has a cold, it has nothing to do with your wet hair. All right. Okay, cool. So parents, that is the verdict on that one. You know, in this theme of being cold and being sick, the idea of how to take care of us when we're sick, feed a cold, starve a fever. It's a common phrase. Is there any truth to it? Yeah, I wonder where that one actually came from because it, there's not really any truth to that. So I, I think it might have something to do with like way back to the Middle Ages and nobody knew what was pulling off with illness. And, and a cold is your sort of – you feel cold and you need to get rev up your body and a fever was your body's already revved up so you need to slow it down and you have to starve it. It's all hogwash. None of that is actually true. 
if you have an illness of that has a fever or doesn't have a fever, whether it's the cold or a flu or some other illness, it's COVID. In general, you want to feed all of that stuff. Okay. But it, it isn't like you need to go have a steak dinner. What you need to do is stay well hydrated. And that's what when, when we say feed, when I say feed that, it's not a term I would normally use, but in the sense of this little myth, you need to stay well hydrated and you need to stay well um, what do I want to say? Well nourished. Well maybe? nourished. Okay. There you go. I was going to. Say, you know what I was going to say, yeah, John. I was yeah, going to yeah. say well nutrified. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> it's probably why your words. <laughs> yeah, it's probably why chicken soup works. It keeps you. It gives you some electrolytes. It gives you uh, some basic nutrients, and it gives you fluid. So you want to do that regardless of what you have. So you can forget about the starving anything when you're ill. Gotcha. Okay. So so far, cold weather won't make you sick in particular. It's okay to go out with uh, wet hair, or at least that's not going to be the greatest risk uh, to you. And then uh, hydrate yourself, nourish yourself when you're sick, no matter whether it be a cold or a fever. That's correct. Nutrify yourself. Excellent. Okay, so myth number four. Doesn't apple a day actually keep the doctor away? I mean, of course, it's that's, that's no, a tall order. Uh, that for is apples, a tall but, order, and um, it certainly won't keep me away. Now, if you want to keep me away as your doctor, you know, maybe wear a Green Bay Packers shirt or something that might keep me away. But the apple <laughs> won't do it. Yeah, the, the apple won't. That won't do it. But there, that one, that myth or that saying. I don't really think that whoever made it up or whoever says it really thinks that that's all it's going to take to keep your doctor away. But there is some truth to if you eat fresh fruits and vegetables, particularly things like apples that are tasty, they're sweet, so they're a nice snack, but they also are high in fiber and have some nutrients. If you substitute an apple for a candy bar or a can of soda pop, you've done yourself a great favor. You're going in the right direction. You are going in the right direction. So it, it won't keep you out. Of, it, it In and of itself isn't enough, but it is sort of emblematic of things you should do to stay the heck out of my office. You know, eat right and eat healthy. Um, things like sugar are bad for you almost all the time. Right. An apple has some sugar, but it's also got vitamins and fiber, fiber, fiber. So Go for the Apple thing, and unless you're wearing that Green Bay Packers shirt, you're still going to have to see me. I don't know why I'm picking on the Green Bay Packers, uh, but this uh, show originated. We originate from Minneapolis, Minnesota, and, and you know we had a good week last week. Yeah, they've still got our number, I'm afraid. But anyway, that's not about medicine. Let's keep going here. So um, this one is kind of a funny one. I always remember on uh, that show, Sex in the City, I think somebody says, you pluck one gray hair and a thousand show up to its funeral, right? <laughs> and, and, I have not heard that, you know, that, and, uh, that particular phrase, I'm, at least. Yeah, it, it's probably not verbatim, but uh, but the gist is it, the same. Though. So is there any kind of logic or is it a complete myth that, you know, I guess, yeah, you pluck one and a thousand show up to its funeral? That is also a myth. Um, so your hair turns gray, or at least um, most of our hair turns gray, uh, when the follicle, the hair follicle runs out of pigment. And every hair follicle grows a single hair out of your head or on your arm or anywhere. That's where it happens. And if that hair follicle has sort of reached the end of its pigment-producing life, nothing you can do is going to change that. So if you pluck out a single gray hair, 
the next one that comes in that follicle will also be gray, but it's just that one hair. So the Not neighbors. all the round ones okay. around them aren't going to turn gray okay. unless they were already doing so themselves. So what we tell people, if you're tired of that one gray hair, that's fine. You can pluck it out. It's going to come back in gray again. Gray again, okay. And But it's also, there's something not particularly healthy about plucking hairs out of your scalp. Um, they can get infected. They can get inflamed. So if you're really tired of it, maybe just cut that hair off real close to your scalp. Okay. Or try some other products. Or, or maybe just uh, live with the fact that you're looking more distinguished. Right. Yeah. And if it's stressing you out, you're only going to get more gray hairs, I suppose, right? Exactly. You're, yeah. You're going to make it, make it go faster, <laughs> huh? But I don't think all of the other hair follicles are going to like, out of sympathy for the one. Just gonna all solidarity. Suddenly, just, you're going to okay. turn gray suddenly. Yeah, that okay. isn't going to happen. One hair follicle, one one hair. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Cool. We are we're getting wise here. Let's uh let's look at another one. Do people shrink as they age? Do you know what this is? Not a myth. They do. Wow. People do shrink, which is going to be bad news for a lot. A yeah, lot of well, people. I don't. Uh, it's not inevitable. But everybody knows, you know, your grandma who, who was like when you were a kid and she felt, you know, she was I was like, thought I was just getting bigger. Yeah, but. you're getting bigger and grandma's getting smaller. It is true that both men and women can lose some height. And I'm talking mostly height here. Okay. Obviously, you can shrink if you lose weight, if you, you right. know, that kind of thing. But your height, you can lose some. And that's because uh, for a, a number of factors. First, the, the little um, cartilaginous shock absorbers between your spine can wear down. They're little, the discs in between your spine can get a little flatter, so you're not quite as tall. The bones themselves can get flatter in your spine if you have things like osteoporosis. And that's why a lot of older adults have a curvature to their upper spine and they're kind of hunched over is because their vertebrae are getting smaller. They're getting compression fractures, and that can lead to loss of height. You can lose muscle mass. What mm-hmm. does happen is people age a thing called um, sarcopenia. Sarco means uh, the, the muscle fibers. Penia means lesser. They can get atrophied and smaller, and you gain fat and you lose muscle. So all these things, losing muscle, gaining fat, shrinkage of your bones in your spine, the discs between your spine getting flatter, all of these can actually lead to height loss. That's normal. Well, maybe normal isn't the right word. Common. Common. Okay. It's common. But if, if you're losing an inch a year, that's problematic. Okay, it should not be yeah. inch after inch after inch. That's so, Lily Tomlin territory. That Exactly. Exactly. So if, if, if you are losing height as you age, you should look into things like osteoporosis and get checked for that. Because okay. some of those things you can not necessarily reverse, but you can really slow down the, 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 okay. the so height loss. So it's not a myth, though. It's just dang old gravity. It is. Uh, it is. It's gravity. It's kind of pulling your, you know, pulling your body closer to the ground. Women, it will happen sooner because <laughs> of bone mineral loss. That's why it's important for women to check their bone mineral density with something called a DEXA scan. And But men catch up to that, too, as they get older. All right. Okay. Again, getting uh, getting smarter by the minute here. All right. And then- uh, Smarter related- and shorter. Yeah, well, I suppose. <laughs> and then uh, looking at one last question, kind of related to bones and these types of things. Cracking knuckles, right? Does cracking knuckles give you arthritis? Do you do this? Do you crack knuckles? I crack my knuckles all the I time. I can do that in my hands and in my ankles sometimes. Yeah. It's not in your knuckles, but it can freak people out when you do it. But it's not particularly dangerous. Uh um, other than the fact that you might not, you might be like a social pariah. No one wants yeah. to hang out with a guy sitting there <laughs> cracking his knuckles all the time. What it is when you crack your knuckles is it's little air bubbles popping in your joints. 
And your joints are surrounded by something called the synovium. And the synovial fluid is the lubricating film of fluid that's in most of our joints, your toes, your ankles, your knuckles. And it has little air bubbles. And when you crack them, those little air bubbles are popping. It is not dangerous to your knuckles. You are not going to worsen arthritis, for instance, by cracking your knuckles. You oh, are going to so wo- fun. Yeah, you're going to worsen your social interactions yeah, yeah. is what you're going to no, do. It's like bubble wrap, though. Uh, it is. It is like bubble wrap. You're probably the guy who likes to <laughs> pop bubble wrap, too. Uh, yeah. Guilty. Uh, yeah, you're not going to hurt your knuckles, although you could get sore hands and stiff hands, but it isn't like it's leading to permanent arthritis or anything okay. like that. All right. Well, excellent. Well, I think uh, we have come to the point where we need to take a break. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we return, we'll continue to tackle some of the myriad myths of medicine, including some around food and diet. So stay with us. You're listening to the Healthy Matters Podcast with Dr. David Hilden. Have a question or a comment for the doctor? Become a part of our show by reaching out to us at healthymatters at hcmed.org or give us a call at 612-873-TALK. That's 612-873-8255. And now let's get back to more healthy conversation. And we're back. John, what else you got? Okay, and as promised, we're going to talk a little bit about food and diet. So I'm pretty sure everybody's heard a few of these, but uh, let's start with uh, what I presume is an easy one. Skipping breakfast can help you lose weight. True or false? That's false. Uh, although it, you you might wonder uh, why that would be. You know, heck, uh, if you if if, if, if you're eating less, um, most of the people who don't eat breakfast they'll make up for it the rest of the day. And so uh, there, it does make a little sense. And if there are a subset of people, I believe I don't have tons of evidence of this, who are really good at monitoring their their food intake, and, and they maybe don't overcompensate for the breakfast. Unicorns. Thing. Yeah, exactly. But most people. You're going to kind of eat roughly your calories that you were going to eat in that day, and simply moving it later in the day doesn't do anything for your weight. The time of day that you eat doesn't really matter so much for weight loss. Um, So skipping the breakfast thing, if you're one of the people for whom that really gets your day off right and you're able to then not overdo it then at lunchtime, it might help you. But on the whole, that's not a recommended way to do weight loss because it's just not that effective. You know, one of the things that you hear is that it starts uh, basically your metabolism earlier in the day. Is there any truth to that? I don't think so. Okay. There, there's not really any truth to that. The, the idea being that, well, your body's kind of starving, so it's going to rev up. That doesn't really pan out. Okay. There's also another corollary to that. You know, and people say breakfast is the most important food that's a very, meal of yeah, the day. Yeah. That's also not really true. It sounds like marketing. Uh, Yeah, a little bit. Everybody is different. Uh, I know people, uh, I live with one, my wife, who who her breakfast is uh, a ritual. And she starts her day off with foods she likes that makes her feel good. And uh, she likes the quiet time of having her breakfast. I'm not awake yet, so I've never right. actually witnessed this in 30-some years. But uh, But for her, it's a very important meal of the day. But for me, it's not. I could okay. easily go till mid-morning and drink my coffee and then have, have not eaten till mid-morning. So it's not the most important meal of the day, nor is it also the one that you're supposed to skip if you're trying to lose weight. It's, it's, everybody has different it's eating It's just patterns. another meal. Exactly. All right. Exactly. Cool. All right. Well, that settles that. Um, is there such a thing as a fat-burning food? People talk about pineapple, ginger, onions, avocados, asparagus, celery, green tea. The list is huge. Um, and they say that these are fat-burning foods. Curious. Is it really a thing? Not really. Uh, now, it is true that those foods that you just mentioned, John, are very healthy in general. Yeah. But do they have 
some special quality that chews up the adipose tissue. Adipose is fat. It doesn't. No, um, they don't do that. Um, So I don't know where that came from, but I do want to qualify that one a little bit. Those are healthy foods. Green tea, avocados, pineapple, ginger, all those things you mentioned, and that list goes on forever. They are generally tasty and healthy foods, particularly if you eat them in whole forms and not in packaged processed forms. Uh, So I recommend all of those things um, as part of a balanced and healthy diet. But is it specifically going to burn up the fat cells and nothing else is you it do going, matters? Yeah, working the other direction. Oh, no. Yeah, it doesn't do that. It's like, yeah, I've got all this big beer gut and I'm going to eat a, 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 some – or I'm going to drink some green tea and that's going to solve that. No. That's oh, okay. not how it goes. It's far more about the – balanced diet and not eating processed foods. And I might refer listeners back to our episode that we did with Dr. Shafto. She talks about that a lot in our food and nutrition episode here on the podcast. Okay. And very similar to that, low-fat foods aid in weight loss. True or false? Yeah, that really doesn't do it either. Yeah, And that one, I had a hard time believing because you think, well, I'm trying to lose weight. Fat is bad, so I shouldn't eat fatty foods. That is actually doesn't pan out either. False. That is that is false. So there are people on planet Earth who eat whale blubber and fatty fish, people in northern Arctic climates, and they're healthy. And they're eating things that you would think, oh, you know, so there are populations of in Alaska and northern um, places. There are people in Japan who eat nothing but fish. That has a lot of fat, right. a lot of their fishes. There are people all over the world that live a long time whose diet has high in fat. So what is? it's not necessarily the fat content. There are good and fa- bad fats. That's a true thing. Right. But in general, it's the calories you eat the amount of processing of that food, and the sugars that you eat. So sugar. when you eat a ton of sugar, and when I say sugar, I mean even things like carbohydrates. I don't mean yep. just white table sugar. I'm talking rice and, and French fries and all that stuff. If you're eating a lot of that, you're going to gain more weight doing that than eating higher fat foods. So it's a okay. balance of diets um, that is more important, not necessarily is it a high fat food. Okay. All right. Let's, uh, let's take a look at one more, the idea of snacking. Thou shalt not snack. Is that a commandment? Well, I've heard it plenty of times, and I, I confess, Father Confessor, I'm really bad at that one. I snack all day long. not? Yeah. I yeah. snack all day long. It is not snacking per se that is bad. It is your total daily caloric intake and what you're eating that matters. In fact, some people might do a better job of not overeating if they simply eat more frequent snacks. So it it's all about what you eat and the quantities of it. You could conceivably never have a meal and snack all day long. If your snacks are healthy, you eat a high protein bar or you eat a fruit or a vegetable or you could conceivably do that if you took it to the extreme. It is not some holy thing that you have to eat 3 meals a day and nothing in between. Okay. I think the snacking thing was far more, you know, you come home from school and mom or dad made this wonderful dinner and they they want you to sit down and eat the dinner exactly. and have a eat family with- time. Yeah. But it's not necessarily healthier. So if your snacks are are chips and pop and candy bars, 
that's unhealthy. But it's not the fact that they're in snack form. It's just that what you're eating is just not just healthy. Just not good food. Yeah. It's just okay, not yeah, good yeah, for you. you. So put snack that on if a plate you with like. a fork and a knife and it's still bad. Uh, yeah, that's okay. right. You could eat a whole plateful of that stuff three times a day and it'd be just as bad for okay. you. That's a good way to put it, actually. <laughs> gotcha. A plateful with a fork and a knife of pop and chips and candy Does bars not, is not yeah, better. It's not just, a meal make. No. Exactly. Okay. All right. Exactly. Cool. Okay. And then um, this is one that, uh, you know, because I mean, everybody's trying to, you know, where's my six pack, right? Okay. So can, you can target fat loss in certain areas of the body, true or false? Yeah, that's false. No, the idea is this. I want a six pack. Yeah, who doesn't? I want to have that flat belly. And and so you think, well, I'm going to do a bunch of sit-ups. That's right. going to do the trick. Or can, I'm going to do, do, do my core exercises. And the answer is no, that doesn't lead to a six pack. The problem with that reasoning is that you might have well-developed abdominal muscles, but if they're covered by a layer of fat, no one can see your six pack okay. abs, including you. Right. So it is, it is still true that good core muscle workouts is good. That's still true. You should strengthen your core. Your core is your lower back, your gluteal muscles, your abdominal muscles. Doing all those things are good for your posture, for your general health, for the strength of your legs, to support your skeleton. Those are all really important. But if you have a lot, a layer of belly fat over it, you're never going to see those. So you can't just simply do sit-ups to get your six-pack. Okay. You have to lose the weight in your belly. So if you want a six-pack, you have to generally lose weight um, in addition to doing your exercise. So you get your your abs in the kitchen, as they say. That's exactly right. Okay. All right. Cool. We've got time for two more here. So I just want to get a quick one in here about hearing loss. Hearing loss is permanent. True or false? That is mostly true. There, It is possible to have some kind of temporary hearing loss, um, but even those temporary ones can lead to permanent loss. So there's different kinds of hearing loss. There's conductive hearing loss, which is if the sound waves don't get conducted from the air around you through your ear. They don't get conducted. So some of that is reversible. For instance, maybe you just have a whole bunch of earwax in there. Okay. Then it's not conducting through. That's reversible if the earwax is managed. And I just want to say a caveat, don't you manage it yourself. Right. Earwax right. is okay. Do I think not, we talked do about Do not this use before, a yeah. cotton swab. Nope. You, I'm going to say it again. But that's reversible. But the other kind of hearing loss is called sensorineural. The nerves of your inner ear are getting damaged. There's little fine hairs that are microscopically small. And if you look at them under a, an electron microscope, they're, they're just microscopic little hairs that go to the nerves that go to your brain. If those get damaged by repeated loud noises or chemicals or, or toxic medicines. Or AirPods. AirPods. You know, you know I'm talking so loud noises is one of the ways repeated loud noises will permanently damage those. And yes, indeed, that is permanent Permanence. hearing okay. loss. Yes. All right. So the, you want to protect your ears as uh, when you can. So, uh, you know, you should wear ear protection. Um, I actually do that when I was running my okay. snowblower. All right. Those are loud. I recommend like you're, you're using power equipment, chainsaws, snowblowers. You should have ear, ear protection on if you're at rock concerts. If you're going to rock or loud noise, uh, any kind of loud noises like that, wear, wear earplugs. Uh, you can still hear it, and you might actually hear it a little better. All right. Cool. A little preventative medicine there, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Excellent. Now, speaking of medicine, last question. True or false? Laughter really is the best medicine. Oh, that's so true. It's so true. I thought so. You've got to, you've got to know that that's true. <laughs> Uh, so here's a little story that I hadn't thought about until just a second. So I, I'm in a clinic, 
And we have a team room and there's nurses running around and there's pharmacists and I'm running around and we're, we're doing patients and it's generally a kind of a high stress, high action environment. Mm-hmm. There's a big TV screen on the wall that we have a home screen from a computer on. It's so boring. You know what I did yesterday? I put a live cam of puppy dogs. Works and so time. people look up at that and they start chuckling. A whole yeah. bunch of people were chuckling. We had little bulldogs on there. And it was so, it just makes you chuckle. I honestly think a whole bunch of things happen when we laugh. A lot of it is scientifically proven, but I think most of us just kind of know this. Your blood pressure probably goes down. Hmm. You, know, you know, your stress levels go down. Your cortisol levels go down. It really, truly is part of being human is that you laugh at things. Yeah, and your six-pack goes up. Your six-pack, you <laughs> You immediately look like a bodybuilder yeah, when just, you laugh. No, 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 it's a subtle thing, but I think an extremely important one. Um, laughter is truly a very potent predictor of health, I think. Mm. And I think a lot of the scientific literature actually would bear that up. That doesn't mean you laugh at everything under the sun. But if you're not going through your day um, laughing here and there, you don't always have to go to like a Richard Pryor concert right, or whatever. Right. You know, Jeez, just to. little stuff like looking at the bulldogs on the screen made people chuckle just because it's so ridiculous that we have this six-foot picture of a of puppy dog. So I right. think it's clearly a true thing. All right. I will take that to the bank. Well, I think we got wise today. Uh, I know I did. Hopefully, we debunked a couple of these things for other people. Oh, well, I'm glad, John. These are fun to do, and thank you all for listening. We'll tackle more of the myths of medicine on a future episode. It's always fun to kind of see where these things came from, where you know what might be true, where there's a kernel of truth, and what is utter hooey. I hope you all learned something as well. If you liked this episode or if you liked any of the episodes, uh, maybe share it with your friends and browse the archives for some of the old shows as well. We hope you'll join us for the next episode. And in the meantime, be healthy and be well. Thanks for listening to the Healthy Matters Podcast with Dr. David Hilden. To keep up to date with the latest in healthcare and your health, subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. For more information on Healthy Matters or to browse the archive, visit our website at healthymatters.org. And if you have a question or comment for the doctor, email us at healthymatters at hcmed.org or give us a call at 612-873-TALK. To catch all the latest from Dr. Hilden and the Healthy Matters podcast, follow us on Twitter at drdavidhilden. Finally, if you enjoyed this podcast and would like to support us, please leave us a review and share the Healthy Matters podcast with your friends and family. The Healthy Matters podcast is made possible by Hennepin Healthcare in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and engineered by John Lucas at Highball. Executive producers are Jonathan Comito and Christine Hill. Please remember, we can only give general medical advice during this program, and every case is unique. We urge you to consult with your personal physician if you have more serious or pressing health concerns. Until next time, be healthy and be well.